Smith. Uh, if this is your first episode, then you must be a friend of my guests, or, or you're listening out of order, which is weird, or maybe you just like the topic. I don't know. Welcome anyway. Uh, if it's not your first episode, welcome back. I've said that before at the top of an episode, but um, you know, you guys can put that into the uh, Wikipedia trivia that will never exist for this podcast, um, I'm in a great mood, I'm sitting around, chilling out, waiting to help my roommate Stephanie celebrate her birthday, uh, it isn't today, you already missed it, thanks for nothing, MBSing listeners, um, but we're celebrating today, because it's the weekend, uh, and it's my, and I feel like I more justifiably get to enjoy and appreciate weekends now because I got a job yay no longer unemployed that was a long time I uh someone asked me last night um Liz Caradonna who's on Ray Gun Reagan with me asked me how many days I had been unemployed um and I asked her if she wanted me to count from the day I was laid off to the day that I was starting at my new job, and she said yes, and the answer was 403, uh, so I don't know what that says about me, I'm kind of ashamed of it, uh, but I did, um, survive, uh, independently, financially, so there's something to be said for that, well, not entirely independently, I was on unemployment for the first six months. Um, so government helped me for a while, but, um, that was the only financial support that I really had. Um, so that's saying at least something. Anyway, uh, I mentioned a few episodes ago that I was taking classes at a place called Axion Labs, uh, to see if, um, they were interested in, uh, hiring me. And they were. They liked me. I'm hired there now. That is my place of employment. I have keys and everything. Um, I'll be assisting with their uh, chemistry classes for uh, professionals in industries such as uh, pharmaceuticals, food science, forensics, etc. But there's two, um, the two most used analytical techniques in chemistry are GC and HPLC. And they just essentially separate a sample into its component compounds so that you know what the sample is composed of. Um, so it's used for things like, um, in forensics, blood alcohol tests. Um, in pharmaceuticals, to test finished products and see if there are impurities, uh, etc., etc. Same for food type sciences. Um, just to make sure all the chemistry is running smoothly. 
Um, so I'll be helping with those classes. I'll also be uh, probably co-authoring a couple of papers with them. It, as it is a, a functional lab outside of being a, a classroom lab. Um, so that's exciting for me as a as someone with a chemistry degree, the fact that I'm just going to be continuing to use it. Uh, yeah, but also for all the classes, people will be coming from out of state. Some people come from out of the country. I'm getting to be a, a, a liaison, I guess, for Chicago to tell people some cool things that are going on, some cool places to check out in the city. I'm hoping... That, that'll be just a great experience. It seems like uh, the schedule is flexible enough and the, the job differs from week to week enough that I think I'm really going to, to appreciate um, what it has to offer. And I'm really excited about it. Um, thanks for everyone's support over the last 403 days is how long I've been unemployed. Woof. Um, moving on, now that I've shared that news, uh, my guest um, on this episode is a delight. Um, just an absolute delight. Uh, he's on the One Group Mind team that I coach, Quiet Wyatt. Uh, he came in to talk to me about his favorite thing, uh, uh, or at least one of his favorite things, and that is the NBA. Um, I, I don't purport to know very much about the NBA. I feel like I, um, I knew a little bit more functional things about it than I thought I might. We get into discussions on like how it's changed over the last 20 years or so. Um, in a lot of different ways, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. I think it typifies exactly why I wanted to start doing this podcast with this structure because he really gets to discuss something that he's super passionate about. And I feel like I learned a lot about the NBA and about my guest, Brandon Jerger, um, because of that. Uh, so, I, I think it's really cool, and and I I really don't like when people pshaw sports, when people think they're uh, above sports. If you can't get into sports, that's fine. I really can't get into basketball. I told him that in the episode. But just don't, there's no reason to just shit on someone because they like a thing. There's just not. It, sports are about camaraderie and, and about there's a certain social contract when you're a sports fan where you just watch every game and and you appreciate that and I feel like it's an, it's important. Uh so yeah, that's my preface, I guess. Hope everyone enjoys this episode. Uh it's the last one that I recorded as an unemployed person. <laughs> uh get into it. I Oh, that was, yep, it's awkward every time. Uh, I'm here today with my guest, Brandon Jerger. How's it going? Uh, Brandon and I met because he's on the One Group Mind team that I coach, mm -hmm. Quiet Wyatt. You're like my, my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Once every other week. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is true. Yeah. 
Um, but our uh, relationship transcends just the coach yeah. pupil relationship. I think. I personally. no, I agree. Okay, I agree. Good. No, We've like done some shows together outside of mm-hmm. that, and um, Brandon does a great uh, Ira Glass impression <laughs> that maybe he can whip out for us at some point. Yeah, I, I think we might wrap up with that. Good. Bring him out. Yes. I think he's coming over in about. 45 minutes. Oh, oh, perfect. <laughs> that timing yeah. is incredible. He, he hears about a radio show usually, just he catches it in the yeah, wind like and it takes him about that time. Spidey senses. Yeah, he'll be here shortly. Irie senses. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't think of a good... Nope, that wasn't good. Irie senses. That's close uh, Cool. So, uh, Brandon's going to talk to us about the NBA. Yeah. And I've already prefaced with him that I know very little about it, but I stress that that's perfectly okay. Um, why don't you, like, uh, tell me a little bit about what, how you came to be an NBA fan. The obsession <clears throat> over the NBA was completely organic from, I, I, my earliest memory of watching basketball in the NBA is actually, well, it's kind of twofold. It's mostly the 91 series, the Bulls versus the Lakers. Okay. Um, I'm a Bulls fan. I'm from Chicago. My whole family's from Chicago. And I remember distinctly... We were having a barbecue, and it was game one of the How NBA Finals. I was uh, 11, like 10 or 11. 10 or 11. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't do math for birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 1982, and you could be like, what happened in 94? How old are you? I'm <laughs> uh, 15. I gotta go. <laughs> I thought you said it was 91, no. right? Yeah. So that so would make me so ten or eleven. Yeah, we're both off. Um, but I remember we. Watched, I just ballparked. I didn't know exactly when you were born. Your ballparking will be better than my act. Okay, always and forever. <laughs> Side note: I used to work in retail, and I had to do the cash register all the time, and I would panic profusely over like simple math and change. <laughs> Oh, like if it gave you like yeah. 154, you're like, Ugh. right? And they're like, oh, just give me the change. Like, you know what it is? I'm like, no, I really don't. Like, <laughs> seven minus four. I gotta go. <laughs> mostly you just That's re- mostly just you leaving. Leaving situations. situations. Yeah. Sidester, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Maybe when Ira comes back, he'll talk about his math problems. I bet he could ask you so many <laughs> cutting questions. Yeah, about. just deep algebraic questions. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it was 91. It was 91, game and we one. were having a barbecue. I don't even remember what it was for um, exactly. Maybe it was because the game was on. I don't mm-hmm. know. But there was, like, all these commercials now about these kids talking about watching, like, TV in different rooms of the house and stuff. Have you seen those? Like, they wheel the TV out. Like, yeah. you can watch your DVR anywhere. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, well, we wheeled out the old hunk of TV <laughs> outside and had an extension cord. That's running awesome. all the way through the house That's and the antenna awesome. was just natural like the antenna just was yeah, yeah. from space brought in the, the broadcast space brought because it was on like NBC or something right it was like NBC that. so it was like no worries so we watched it and that was the famous game where um, if memory serves me correctly and this, I should probably know this saying that I'm an expert the Bulls mm-hmm. lost that game I'm 99% sure Okay. but Jordan hit was quote unquote the shot oh. and what it was is when he ran up with one hand uh, with his right hand for a layup switched it to his left hand in midair and went to the opposite side of the basket. Okay. And that is like, <laughs> that is my first memory of Oh, basketball. God. You were just Yeah. Like so outside, like eating a hamburger, watching that happen. Um, and the thing of it is, is like, I had watched that entire season beforehand. I can't oh, tell well, you a memory of any it, though. Of I have no happened. memory. Well, the, I love, um, this is 
yeah, so I've recorded a number of these and released a number of them up to this point. My favorite one, my favorite Inception stories are when people have a really specific moment yeah. like that. So I'm really glad that you have uh, a, a specific idea of that. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't know why I can't remember anything else from that mm-hmm. season. Like, it was an amazing season. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's pictures of me, like, with Bull stuff and, like, a couple years before. And, right. like, Jordan against the Cleveland series where he hit his other big shot that's in all those Gatorade commercials with uh-huh. the buzzer. Like, I don't remember watching it, but I kind of remember it. But that was, like, the big one. That's awesome. Uh, what, uh, what was the result of that? Was it, did they win that year? Oh, I don't know. The Bulls never lost a championship series. Really? <laughs> ever. Like, ever? Ever. Every time Jordan was in the finals, they won. The only, um, yeah, so the, the way that ended, here's again, again, weird memory. As I get older, I don't remember as much. I remember the first game of that series, and I remember the last game of that series. <laughs> the middle is... Yeah, the middle is You're probably nothing. drunk. <laughs> yeah, like, my parents are feeding me alcohol. <laughs> I don't remember anything that happened after that. I just remember that the last game was in L.A., and uh, John Paxson essentially won them that series because he scored a bunch of points in the fourth quarter. Jordan wasn't really that good in that game as much. Like, he had, like, 30-something points. His stat oh, line, yeah. like, what are you talking about? Jordan was amazing. <laughs> but he wasn't But he kind of disappeared only... a little bit to a certain extent. Like, the bench came up big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember watching that game in my basement with me and my dad and no one else really caring. Oh, because wow. the Bulls were good and stuff and people were into it but it wasn't like the craziness that it was about to become cool. so i just remember celebrating it was that the first him. how uh like when did was that jordan's first season or no jordan um this is kind of funny like if you look back sometimes i don't know if people know this or not but like jordan was drafted in 84 so there were seven years of him not winning wow yeah so like the lebron stuff where they're giving him crap like it was kind of the same thing huh like jordan but the thing of it is like they got real close. Like, uh-huh. they got to the Eastern Conference Finals in 89 and 90, and they lost to the Pistons both years in, like, really hard-fought series. I don't remember those, but I have watched the series I've done YouTube and <laughs> oh the internet gosh. since. And the whole Jordan box set of DVDs that I have. Um, but, yeah, so he had a really tough, uh, like, kind of upbringing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, the first few years especially, like, he was just all flashed, didn't really have a good, well-rounded game. Mm-hmm. He scored a ton of points, but... Um, got better and better and made himself better. And the Bulls just drafted well. And, they, you know, they really didn't sign anyone free agent-wise. Like, they drafted Scottie Pippen. They drafted Horace Grant. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then finally it all clicked in 91. And then from there became my greatest sports obsession. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is, is the NBA as a whole. Not even just the Bulls, but just right, all of it. Right. What... Um, I feel like the NBA draft is one of the most intensive of across all sports. Like in terms of, you have scouts going out to mm-hmm. like middle school games right. for basketball, and that I feel like that just doesn't really happen in other sports. Why? Like, do you think you could speak to why it's more important to catch players that early? Well, first off, the NBA draft is, like, my favorite night of the year. <laughs> like, it's the one draft that ultimately, like, you can impact your team 
right away. You told me you're watching the '92 draft. Oh recently, yeah, right? I, I DVR'd <laughs> NBA TV this week. Played the '92, '95, 2001 draft, and I was all in. On all of it. And let me just say this: I thought of you when I was watching the 2001 uh-huh. draft. First of all, I get like real weird about anything 2001 because of 9/11. So I'm like, oh, what yeah. were their reactions? And right. it was in June. They didn't even know it was coming. They didn't yet. know. Like they're it so happy. Free. Oh my god. <laughs> And then uh, Ernie Johnson, who was hosting it, is like, welcome to the 2001 uh, NBA draft on TNT. We know drama. Ah, yes! If I I can assume this to be the way that I thought it was in my head, and his excitement in saying it, I think that was the first year they used that. No, maybe! Because it doesn't... I wouldn't have even thought it was that old of a a catchphrase. Yeah, but his excitement was just like... We know drama. We know drama. Kind of laugh a little at the end. Um, so he got, got excited got and then he was, so he questioned himself by saying, Yeah, like this sounds sake. stupid. Yeah. Oh, and that man. draft goes exactly to what your point is with like the young kids, like the number one pick in the 2001 draft was Kwame Brown, who was mm-hmm. out of high school and Michael Jordan was the part owner and player for the Wizards at that point. Oh, right, right, right. Now Jordan is the worst owner probably ever. <laughs> <laughs> the worst general manager the man. And he decides to draft this kid out of high school who was overhyped and never did anything in his career. Oh. He's still somehow in the league. I don't know how it Who's is. Who's he played for? At this point, I, I think he actually went back to the Bobcats where Jordan's owner now, actually, in a weird way. Mm. But he went to, like, the Lakers. Well, they're not the Bobcats anymore, right? Well, one more year of the Bobcats oh, okay. and they go to the Hornets. Okay, I didn't realize. I knew they were going back to the Hornets. I didn't know it was Yeah, like next year, year uh, which is a great move. I'm super excited Oh, yeah. That. I'm excited. I'm glad, too, as someone from just south of Charlotte who grew up with the Hornets there. Yeah. When they got a new team after the Hornets left, everyone was like, this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they, the team just left. Like, it was, yeah. there wasn't much support ever for the Bobcats, I don't think. Because no one, because it's so, here's the thing, like, people love the Hornets. Mm-hmm. I had a Hornets jacket. I had a Hornets, some kind right. of, like a hat or no something. No matter where you lived, like, part of my obsession over basketball was just perfect timing of me being the right age. Mm-hmm. And in the early 90s, like, everyone talks about the 80s as the glory days of the mm-hmm. NBA. For that generation, it was. But for the 90s with Jordan and stuff, like, it just went crazy town. Yeah. And then this team, the Hornets, came out. And, like, the Charlotte Hornets, the Miami Heat, and the Orlando Magic. Like, three crazy names yeah. in three crazy places. Yeah. All of them had cool logos, and I was their color say, scheme was fantastic. I was going to say the logo and and uh, everything surrounding yeah. it was great. So Charlotte had a connection to not so much even like basketball, because mm-hmm. it's a college basketball town, Oh, sure. but the logo and the colors and the players. So if you take yeah. that all away, it's gone. It's like, gone. Why does anybody care? That's so, it? yeah, I, I guess I've never really talked to someone about it who is an NBA fan, but I always kind of saw it like that, just as someone from the area. Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone had Hornets gear, like throwback stuff is almost always Hornets. Yeah. Like not almost oh. always, but it's the one of the most popular. Pretty exclusively. One yeah. of the most popular throwback type. It, and it's one of the things where they drop the ball on it and they're getting it back now. But mm-hmm. when teams usually, when a city loses a team, a lot of the times now they outright, outright buy the rights to the logo and the colors. Yeah. Like the Seattle did that. So yeah. when Seattle gets a team again, it'll be the Supersonics. Oh. Like, so there's not going to be weirdness of, like, creating something new. Like they Oh, own that, that makes so much they more sense. It, yeah, from the Charlotte owner. is dumb. Yeah, they're dumb. There was, I, I mean, I still lived in the area when they brought in the Bobcats. And, our, like, I just remember everyone just really shitting on it. Like, yeah. just really, like, 
No, right. there was very little support. I think one of the guys in the ownership was named Bob, too, so I think it was yeah, part of his name that it, he was using. Yeah, I think using. you're right. It was real it weird. It was some kind of, or like, it was named after someone's granddaughter or right. some shit like that. I think And no totally one right. could say anything, too. Like, you sound like a racist, because the other thing was, like, at the, the Bobcats ownership was primarily African-American. Like, it was a big group, like the president of BET, Michael Jordan, all <sighs> these guys come in, they're like, we're going to start a team. And you're like... All right, like I can't. I'm not gonna say anything because I sound like a racist. <laughs> so like that whole thing sounds horrible. Like, <laughs> like no, like none of this is gonna work. Like the logo's stupid. You named it after one of the guys on your ownership team. Uh, like you're changing the colors. The colors scheme. weren't great either. It, it wasn't like orange and blue. Yeah, or something. yeah. But to go back to your original question, sorry about why they take. See, this is why I love you. Know, I can go on for on tangents yeah. like crazy. It's dangerous. We have to. We have to lock I'll try to watch in. it. Uh, the only two sports I know where they like. Um, scout kids young is baseball and basketball mm-hmm. and I think the big thing because growing up in, initially like I was never used to high school kids being drafted and stuff like that up until the late 90s like Kevin really? Garnett was like the big first one that happened. Anything is possible. Right exactly <laughs> arms in the air screaming like a crazy person mm-hmm. um, because most of the time they were just taking people out of college out of good programs mm-hmm. and stuff but I think they realized very quickly that if you could get a guy that's that explosive and that amazing he doesn't really probably require too much coaching. Mm. Like, he's that raw from an age standpoint, but we could probably get him into the mix and get him going. So when Mm -hmm. Garnett did it, Mm -hmm. and then Kobe did it, Mm -hmm. and you're like, it took them pretty much no time to be good in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Well, why can't everybody do that? Yeah, I never would have guessed that either one of them came straight out of high school, like, based on their careers. Right, and they really to a certain extent kind of ruined it for a lot of kids because there's mm. more kids every year that come out of high school that don't get drafted than mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of kids that go down that road thinking they're well, going to be the next LeBron. Hoop dreams. Right, basically. exactly. Yeah. I've seen most of Hoop Dreams. Yeah. I don't think... I th- maybe only like half of it. But I know the, the idea surrounding it is just... There's so many... I mean, like you said, it's just mm-hmm. ruined it for yeah. a lot of kids because they think oh man if these guys could get out of this neighborhood or this mm-hmm. like lifestyle right. by playing basketball then maybe I can too yeah so no there's, there's a whole whole bunch of BS that agents spew out more than mm-hmm. I mean basketball agents are probably the worst agents and all really <laughs> I think <clears throat> I think because when the kids are in high school and stuff, they're driving like all these cars and stuff like that, and they're not supposed to accept gifts, but they're mm. getting weird loans from mm-hmm. agents and stuff like that. I feel like well, I, I'm sure people would argue that like college football agents. And I was stuff like that just about get, to say like, the only worse. other thing I yeah. could think of that would compare is college football. Yeah, I think that's probably the easiest one to compare against it. But like LeBron was driving, you know, like a Hummer. Like, really? like sophomore year of high school. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And the dealerships were giving you FaceTime, like knowing that he probably would make money down the road and he'd pay them. So like they're giving it to him, they're like loaning it, but they're not really requiring like a payment or anything. And then Jesus. it's in his mom's name and she doesn't really pay it. It's a whole thing. But Isn't LeBron's son like playing basketball now, but he's like yeah or something like I, that? I think there's rules set up as to like when you could start officially like, you know, putting a say in Scouting. for kids. Yeah. Like you could always scout, mm. but I don't think anything really happens to like a kid like goes through like probably the middle of high school 
just to see how tall they're going to be first off, and then just to see <laughs> if they're any good. Like Jordan's kids suck. Like yeah, he's like, I, yeah. Doesn't one know of his kids sure. play football for a? He had one kid, yeah, who like bounced that? around basketball teams. He might have played football too, but like he went to like U of I and like a whole bunch of different places, and like South Florida. <laughs> it and just sucked. There was a room, yeah, just a rumor that like they only brought him to like because of his dad, and yeah. like they, they would get free shoes out of it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh man. Yeah. Um, so who, who are your favorite, uh, players, um, past and current? Player wise, like, I mean, obviously the obsession that I have over Michael Jordan is pretty pretty ridiculous. (laughs) Like I always would say that like, I've never, I don't, I'm not one to get starstruck. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I've, I've, it sounds so weird. Like, Oh, I've seen so many famous people, whatever. Like. You run it. You bump into people. Whatever you see, people in different things. But like, well, especially being from Chicago, yeah. I feel like. I mean, I know you didn't live in the city proper yeah. your whole life or anything. Yo, like no, that, I was in but... the burbs most of my like teenage life and stuff like that. But I would say, without a shadow of a doubt, like if I met a Beatle or Michael Jordan, I'd lose my, my mind. <laughs> like just because he was so important. Like you know, the room was like posters and everything. I got his shoes every year for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Like I'd split my. My, my gift from my grandparents and my parents to get the shoes. That's all I would oh, get for my birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> so, like, yeah, just obsessed with him and everybody on that team, like Pippin and Steve Kerr and Horace Grant and Dennis Rodman. feel so lucky to have Dennis Rodman in my life. Like, yeah. I didn't think that was going to happen Rodman at all. Rodman was such a... He was such a, like, face, you yeah. know? Like, he was such a character. Unbelievable. Of, of, for NBA. And even just outside the NBA, I feel like... When oh, I was yeah. growing up, it was just like everyone knew who the guy was. Everyone knew that he did all that weird shit. Yeah, like, everyone knew he wore feather boas and had a bunch of snakes and shit. <laughs> like he's just weird. I remember when his book came out, "Bad as I Want to Be," and my <laughs> and my uncle got it, and because my parents wouldn't let me get it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, because it's all about all this weird stuff he did with Bad Madonna and stuff be. like that. Yeah, it's him laying on a motorcycle, <laughs> um, and. <laughs> My uncle got it, and I'd go to, in. he was living still at his parents' house with my grandparents, so I'd go over there a lot, and I'd just take the book, and I'd read the whole thing. <laughs> like a creep. Uh, it's really, yeah. but that's so, like, less creepy than what you could have been doing at right. that age, you right. know what I mean? No, like, I it's, made a point to get bad as I want to be and read it from front to back. Right. <laughs> you weren't seeking, like, Playboys or nope. Max or anything D-Rod's like that. D-Rod's book. Bad as I want to yep. be. Yep. And then... The Jewel Grocery Store that year, this was like, God, like 96, 97, were selling a shirt that I bought. I made my dad buy me that was a long sleeve shirt <laughs> that had all of his tattoos oh, on it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Did it look like his torso? Yeah, yeah. It had, well, it didn't have muscles, but it was like this weird, like, <laughs> racist-y beige. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's why I wanted you to describe it, because yeah. it's not like... It doesn't look like one of those. No, it's not like a torso black shirts <laughs> with like a, um, with like a speed. You know, right. you know the bikini. Right, right, right. You can get. No, like it if it's a jersey like shirt or something, like airbrushed muscles. Right. No, it's just like a plain shirt, and it's got like the, that pharaoh tattoo over the belly button that he has, like the cross, and he's got the shark jumping over the woman, <laughs> devil woman on a motorcycle. And all this stuff God, on it. And I'd wear this to school. Of course you did. <laughs> Just walking around so proud. I got my Rodman Dennis tattoo Rodman. shirt on. Did you get compliments or were people oh, like, Oh yeah, on. people loved it. Yeah, I never got in trouble for it either, which was surprising. Because there's some pretty scantily dressed <laughs> women on his arms. <laughs> like, 
That's awesome. The sharks. How old like, were you at this point? Oh gosh. Uh, this Man. was yeah, this was ninety seven. So so fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, we this did was it. Me at fifteen. We did it together. We mm-hmm. did that math. Um, yeah, so that was. Um, I was really into him. All those, all those Bulls guys, I was so into. Like that was just like those guys were amazing. Outside of players that were on the Bulls that I liked, what was? Did you have? Did you have like a uh, Jordan jersey? Yeah, yeah. Never. You know the thing of it is, I didn't get a Jordan jersey till late. I always got like the guys before that, like okay. Pippen and I think Steve Kerr. I had Rodman, um, but other players. I actually had. How did I? Have? I had Anthony Hardaway on the Magic. Um, who did I have on the Hornets? Oh God, I want to say it was Larry Johnson. I had him. I had a Grant Hill. Oh yeah, a ton of people had Grant, Grant Hill. Hill. Yeah, and I hated Duke, but I loved Grant Hill. Yeah, like, it just because it just—I don't know—everyone liked him. <laughs> everyone loved yeah. Grant Hill. He was so likable. It was ridiculous. Um, but I didn't have the good Grant Hill. There was a year that the Pistons changed their entire logo scheme. Whoa. Yeah, that nineties <laughs> was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Like, everyone was like, well, the Hornets are selling a billion jerseys. we got to change up the game. Oh, gotcha. So the Pistons, I mean, red, white, and blue, classic, whatever. Uh-huh. And they change it to, I can't even describe the color green it is to you. It's like, <laughs> it's like turquoise but not. It's just weird colored green. Because it has to be far enough from the Hornets. Yeah, it was, it was so weird. And it had, um, it said Pistons. With actual car pistons on it, where flames shot out of the P, and there was a horse for horsepower on top of the Istons part, and it was like this weird. That sounds like total like garbage. Orange and green, and like I remember, I was yeah. gonna say, was it orange and green? Yeah, because I think I remember that. I had that one. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Just like, why did that even happen? But like, so excited by any change of uniforms mm. and like. I was like, oh, I gotta get that one. That I feel like that's also a very college football thing, and mm-hmm. at least now, yeah. I feel like in the like age of Oregon being taken over right. by Nike, uh, yeah, I feel like that's like every other weekend in college football they're doing something wonky and gross with the <laughs> uniforms. Yeah, I feel like the '90s NBA jersey started it all. But I really do because they experimented. Me. A lot of teams changed the game. Mm. Like I bought the first Sonics jersey they changed, which mm. was another weird orange and green that had like the the what do you call it? Their big building, the uh, the one on Fraser, the Space Needle, the, the, the what on Fraser Needle, uh, yeah. the the tossed out the scrambled eggs needle. <laughs> yeah, the tossed out the scrambled eggs needle. It took me so long. To realize that Todd Salad and Scrambled Eggs was supposed to be, like, an analogy for the people, for, like, crazy people. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what it means. Oh, my God. I, like, but also, it's kind of, some people still say it's, like, kind of bullshitty. Yeah. Like, oh, like, because the guy who wrote it always gets questions oh, so about what it's answer. about. And he's like, oh, it's about crazy people. Yeah, Todd <laughs> Salad and Scrambled Eggs all in the brains. <laughs> yep. like he's crazy. Uh, I mean... That was the voice that I made up wow, for him. Wow, <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, I never knew what that meant. Yeah. That's nuts. Yep. It's yeah. not literally about eating scrambled eggs oh. on a tossed salad. Yeah, because I never made it on the show. Was, yeah. That was through me. Because he always, it was about like the people who would call into the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they put that needle on the jersey, and I actually was so into the design of that jersey. Didn't it have the, like, kind of a skyline? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I got that. 
in 96, the year they played the Bulls in the finals. What? Yeah, and that wasn't my style oh. at all. But I liked the jersey so much. Wow. And I liked Sean Kemp a lot, mm-hmm. the Rain Man. I remember that Yeah, name. so I got that, and I was like really conflicted mm-hmm. because now ah, the Bulls are playing them. What do I do with this jersey? So I didn't wear it at all, and then I wore it in the summer after they, the Bulls won, <laughs> and I was like, all right, I could wear it. I even, I have a Cub shirt that I pretty much can only bring myself to wear two Cubs games yeah. if they're not playing the Braves. Oh, okay. Like, I I just, it's something about it. Like, the Cubs are not a threat to the Braves. Right. Sorry. Well, one year when we beat you guys in the playoffs, but. Okay. <laughs> 2003. Not currently, not, I remember, that's the last time you guys won I know the NL pennant. That I know that. 10 years ago. <laughs> I know. I know that's the last time you guys won the NL. I know. But. Currently, right. they're not a threat. No, you guys are like uh, we have games one of the best. We have one of the best records in baseball. It's no big deal. But still, it just like something about it just yeah. like makes me feel uneasy to support another team like that. Unless I'm at a Cubs game, I'm not an idiot. Like, yeah, I think the thing of it is why I had all those jerseys. Like my fandom as a kid was different than my fandom now. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, like I never rooted for those teams. Mm-hmm. I liked players on those teams. Mm-hmm. I liked the feel of their logos and things mm-hmm. like that. And it was an overall advertisement for me, like showing the world that I just love basketball. That's so cool. So, I like that a lot. Yeah, like it's just like and other kids did it too. Mm-hmm. And living in Chicago, like we knew what, what we had and mm. we were all in on the. Bulls. I bet that makes. Yeah. I, I I bet it makes a difference with such a a team like the Bulls. Right. I can't imagine. Yeah, I. It's like an understanding. Total understanding because not only did you like if. No one really, any of like the people that I hung out with, because we played basketball every day and stuff mm-hmm. like that, Like no one was just like into one thing like the Bulls. Like You liked all of it. Mm-hmm. You watched Saturday morning was like church watching inside stuff for the modern shot. That's the greatest show that ever existed. <laughs> you had Saved by the Bell at 10, California Dream, <laughs> Dreaming or whatever the hell that was called at 1030, and then Inside Stuff at 11. And it was just... It's all NBA... All NBA, it's, 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 it was one of the first, like, they call it, like, a magazine show, mm-hmm. where it's literally, um, every segment is just about a player, and you, like, go to the guy's house, cool. they went to, like, Glenn Rice's house, and they go to, like, uh, uh, Steve Smith, and guys like that, and, like, t- people on, like, on the Hawks, and, and then on teams like that, where mm-hmm. you'd be like, I don't know much about this guy, and you'd see, like, how he lived, you'd see his family. Like a one-off of, um, what's that show that they do for the NFL, uh, Oh, six. like the Hard Knocks? Yeah, yeah, Hard Knocks. Yeah, it's the same type of feel, and it was, yeah, it was Amad Rashad and Willow Bay were the hosts in the original seasons, and they would just basically split it up, where they'd go to, like, shows a half hour, so, like, the first uh, 10, 15 minutes would pe- probably be, like, two stories. Like, one host would go with this person, another one would go with that one. Or mm-hmm. they'd go with a few people in a team, and, like, this is them getting ready for practice and stuff. Cool. So you identify with so That's many so different cool. people. Yeah, I mean... Without that show, I wouldn't be as a big, big of a fan as I was. Wow. And am. Yeah, that show was instrumental. Huh. Yeah, that's why... And there used to be a show like that for most leagues, although Sports. they started it first. Uh-huh. And then there was a baseball one, and I want to say a football one. But um, they never got to the point of, of inside stuff. That was... And then at the end, Amadur Shad had the best thing called Rewind, where he'd rewind the whole week. 
and he'd have all these bloopers and he'd mm-hmm. make all these jokes and like if you didn't if you weren't able to talk about rewind on Monday you're like screwed. you were you're screwed like that's yeah. so funny like if, if I go up to somebody right now and like just go my main man Damon Stoudemire and they know what I'm talking about like, you we're already we're in. have Cause that's, that's awesome because Damon Stoudemire was just an okay player on the Raptors or whatever he was at that point that he uh-huh. was on and that's what always what a modern Rashad would say my, my main man Damon Stoudemire <laughs> like do a layup or something <laughs> like you just know if someone's all in specifically about specifically yeah if i throw that out yeah because they always say it about that one that's awesome yeah uh what are uh so do you have current favorite players uh players now i feel like or other favorite teams besides the bulls so here's here's the flip side of it okay now i'm older right now i'm 30 right i don't like other teams okay okay (laughs) i as a kid you're like, oh, great, yeah, I hope they do well. But as long as they don't beat the Bulls, like, that's all I care about. Uh-huh. Like, just don't beat the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much don't like most teams. Mm-hmm. I'll watch any game, though. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a total, like, buckethead. Like, I'll watch NBA, like, anytime. I'll watch the Clippers play the Nuggets or, you know, I'll watch the, uh, what are the two words? I'll watch the Sacramento Kings play the Charlotte Bobcats. Bobcats. <laughs> and I'll watch it when it's the 930 West Coast Sacramento oh game. And I'll watch the whole thing because I love basketball. Uh, but I don't have like a rooting interest in being like, wow, I really hope this team does well. Mm-hmm. There's certain teams I like the style that they play in and are really like fun to watch. Like the Golden State Warriors this yeah. last season were like a really, that's fun. I, I feel like, like their story was really cool. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, I also think the... Um, Thunder, it's like Oklahoma City has really yeah. rallied around their sports teams. Absolutely, hopefully. the Thunder is a weird one. Um, <laughs> the, my core wants to hate them because mm-hmm. they used to be Seattle SuperSonics, mm-hmm. and I just feel like Seattle got screwed in that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, like a part of me in my heart just hopes every day that Seattle gets a team. Like mm-hmm. they deserve it. It's such a great fan base, and mm-hmm. it just feels right. Mm-hmm. It feels so bad right now that they don't have it. It's kind of surprises me that they don't. I feel like that's also another. Um, uh, like city that really surround like supports their franchise. Yeah, they, they even love have it. their MLS is huge. Fifty thousand a game. Huge. Fifty thousand. That's insane. That's more than most baseball yeah. stadiums. Oh, that, no, it is. Most. <laughs> like most. That's insane. That is an NFL game. Yeah, for like a lot of cities. Like yeah. that's it's crazy. But yeah, the I the thing with with players that I like is I really love Kevin Durant. Oh. Like, I really love him. Like, I saw him live a couple of times against the Bulls, and he's just fantastic. Oh. And he does it the right way. He's a good guy, you can tell. And he's just, like, he's unique. He's, like, 6'10", 6'11", and he's raining threes. He can, like, killer crossover you off the dribble, take to the basket. I just like the way he plays, and he seems like a good guy. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, he definitely I never, seems like a good guy. I never thought how much that would affect me growing up, but, like, they have to be a good guy. Yeah. Like, I hate scumbags. Yeah. Like, I hate LeBron. I just do. Mm-hmm. I can't even, like, get past his, his greatness. Like, I've only one time in my life been like, wow, that was amazing what he did, because I hate really? him so much. Wow. When he scored 25 points in the fourth quarter against uh, Detroit when he was on Cleveland, and mm-hmm. essentially won the entire game for them. My jaw was on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this guy can't deny is nuts. And I didn't ridiculous. hate him as much there because, you know, he's... It was before, it was before really, the heat thing. Yeah, yeah. It was but, before the decision. Before the decision. But still kind of hated him because all the Jordan comparisons. Oh. That, I mean, that's my guy. Like, yeah, yeah, You can't yeah. say, like... That's like someone being like, yeah, my dad could beat up your dad. Like, no. Like, Jordan's like the my dad of, like, athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no one's better than him. Like, he's, he's the best. Like, oh. I don't care what he did with his wives. Like, except for my dad. I care what he did with my wives. <laughs> <laughs> my 
Jordan could there's, do it. Everyone. There's the difference between yeah. Michael Jordan and your dad. Right. Yeah. I don't hold, hold Jordan to any like moral like right. code or anything like that. But he did it right basketball. But he's also not a scumbag. No, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a big drinker, partier, gambler, womanizer, uh-huh. but he did everything right when it comes to basketball and mm. being a teammate. I mean, yeah, he punched a couple of guys in the holes out <laughs> during practice. Really? Yeah. He punched Steve Kerr in the face, like, hard. For what? Because uh, he didn't like how he was playing in practice, so he just jacked him in the face. Jesus, yeah. I didn't know that. That's the beauty of not having the internet and stuff. Like, right. Back in the day. It wasn't no as, knew. yeah, because if a player did something like that. Now, oh my God! It'd everyone be insane. would know about oh, it. Jordan's whole legacy would be different if it was known huh. that he, and that was the thing he did a lot. That's interesting. Would That's be, really interesting. Yeah, he really wanted the best out of people in practice. Like the practice to him was almost bigger than the games. Wow! So he'd throw punches and stuff. And That's get crazy. Yeah, yeah, he made Bill Cartwright cry a couple times. So yeah, I mean that that's that's the other thing like why I love basketball so much is that I had all this information coming in when I was a kid and nothing really negative coming back from it from the internet, mm-hmm. sports radio. Mm-hmm. I didn't even I wasn't reading the paper. I didn't know any of it. Mm-hmm. It was all filtered through my head mm-hmm. and my friends' brains, and that, that was and, it. And uh, a modern shot. And a shot. Yeah, it was completely cookie cutter. Probably. I mean, I missed a lot of the you know craziness of guys you know cheating on their wives, but no one really. People just assume things were happening. But right. It wasn't. I didn't know about any of it. Right. The worst things that ever happened of me watching basketball is like people would, you'd hear stuff about like cocaine or something or like mm-hmm. a couple guys like died of heart attacks like in the league uh, or stuff like that. And you'd be like, what's that from? Oh. Uh, or the biggest was, and this, the NBA led to like my first sex talk. Oh, as, wow. Is <laughs> when Magic Johnson said he had AIDS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. During 90, uh, after 92 or three, whenever that was. And then uh, I just remember my dad like washing the dishes, and we were talking about it. And he's like, uh, "So you know what that is, right? AIDS oh, or whatever?" No. And I'm like, "Yeah, I think so." And he's like, "You know how you get it and stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "He's like, yeah, you know, stay safe out there." <laughs> like, never had a sex that was talk. the whole that thing. That's it. Only sex talk. Oh though. man. The only sex talk I've ever had with my dad was was that, and then. <laughs> He might listen to this. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's like he he still does it to this day. Like whenever I'm in a single situation, we'll be like in a situation with like girls are at or whatever. Like he dropped me off in high school, and then uh, the next day, he'd be like, "So there were a lot of girls at that high school, oh. huh?" Or he did that <laughs> at the last show he saw or improv show. Really? After he's like, "Oh, there's a lot of cute girls at that improv show." <laughs> like. He'll never address it head on, yep. but he'll throw these little lobs at me. And be like, just to and see like, if no. you'll... I'm like, I'm aware. <laughs> Same thing with the with the AIDS Magic Johnson issue. He's like, so you know about, you know, a lot of things going on out there, huh? But, uh, I'm like, yeah, a lot of AIDS. Of AIDS. I'm like, there, yeah, huh? uh-huh. AIDS, yes. Um, I think I know how you get it. <laughs> do, you, do you have the same, does that, has that led to like a Pavlovian, like when you see women, you just think of AIDS? <laughs> yeah. Just think of Magic Johnson. Yep. Yep. Luckily not. Luckily not. <laughs> Pay attention ladies. That's not true. It was just a joke. <laughs> it's all started back in the 90s. <laughs> this is me, Yeah. Available. I'm ready to talk. Uh-huh. We can talk about the Hornets. Muggsy Bogues. He's, I mean... That was he, another thing. How could he not be my favorite? I love Muggsy. And, He's both of our you, favorites. We're short. Come on. That's the thing with the NBA, too, is, yeah, Muggsy was my guy. Because the how height thing... Oh, my God. He was, what, yeah. five, seven? Five, three and a half. 
Really? Yeah. God, I thought he was even... I, th- no, I didn't know he was that short. No, no. Him and... Uh, up You're and taller than him. Yeah, I'm 5'6". Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. him and, and Spud Webb was 5'7". And Spud Webb won the dunk contest twice. That's insane! Yeah. Yeah. When was he... Spud Webb won it in the late 80s. He was on those great Hawks teams with like Dominique Wilkins, mm-hmm. Kevin Willis, those guys. Um, yeah, he stopped playing in like the mid-90s. Okay. But Muggsy came in, and Muggsy was like a scorer. Like uh-huh. Spud Webb was just okay. Just mm-hmm. an okay player. But Muggsy could ball. Mm-hmm. And there was like Muggsy and Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning, Stacy the Plastic Man Ogman. I mean, <laughs> that was a team. Del Curry. Why was Rex this, Chapman. Why was nicknamed the Plastic uh, Man? Because he could, like, his, he had super long arms. Oh, yeah, like, and he was just Mr. always swatting shots. And like, yeah, like uh, Stretch Armstrong kind Fantastic. of thing. Fantastic. Yeah. Like that team, that Hornet team, and Muggsy was just like at the point and like played like a legitimate point yeah, guard. Yeah, like, I remember watching him just a little. I mean, I've never. Here's the thing about basketball for me, and I just told another. I just told Chandler Goodman this mm-hmm. um, while we were watching the last, the when the the championship game when yeah, the that disaster. Won. I'm sorry. The heat I'm sorry to bring it up, but that's when the conversation happened. In my mind, and maybe this is like, maybe this is a fallacy, and maybe this is something that covers most sports. But to me, it just feels like when I watch basketball. It does nothing leading up to the last five minutes or so of the game matters. It just seems like the game goes back and forth and the lead changes all the time. And even if a team has a huge lead, it can be totally, you know, demolished. It just, it's all about like the momentum and everything going back and forth. It just doesn't seem like you could miss the last five minutes of the game and have no idea what the outcome was. Right. I've heard that. That's what people have thrown at me as like saying why it's not their favorite. Mm-hmm. It's like it really just comes down to the last few minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I will argue against that from the standpoint of uh, the memories that I have of the best games that I've watched in, in my entirety of being a fan is usually within the first like two quarters. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, like it to get to that finality and for that climax, there has to be other things. Mm-hmm. There has to be moments. There has to be, like, for example, like, the greatest series I'll ever remember, a couple of series, was 92 and 93 when the Bulls played the Knicks. Now, those games had very specific endings that everyone will remember, Mm -hmm. but there are bigger moments before that that happened in the first three quarters that if you forget that they happened and just look at the end, you'll forget everything. And Mm -hmm. there are magical moments (laughs) of, like, amazing physical moves and Jordan Mm -hmm. and, and technical fouls and fist fights and things like that. So I think there is no, the NBA is so great because that entire four quarters, like to me, everything means something. Even mm-hmm. if a lead is lost and it's back, it seems like it's back and forth like tennis. It really isn't. You got to look. You got to kind of train yourself a little bit to look deeper into it mm-hmm. and making yourself upset from missing the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah. You have to really embrace the beginning and find the beauty in it, mm-hmm. and then know that. All those, it's cause and effect. Like, everything will happen in the end because of what just happened in the mm-hmm. beginning. Like, if a guy's cold in the first half and then is amazing in the fourth, like, it means so much more because he sucked in the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I was, I'm not trying, I, no, yeah. I totally, yeah. I hear what you're saying and I think it's a beautiful justification <laughs> of why you're a fan and why you love the game. And I, I, I will, uh, the way that I can relate to 
what you're saying is that I love baseball. Mm-hmm. I can watch baseball. I can watch. I'm at the point where I can watch pretty much any game. Right. Um. Uh. But I mean, it's an everyday game, so like the Braves right. are always playing. But if they're not, sometimes I'll turn on a non-Braves game. And people say that it's boring. And I'm like, how? No, it's great. <laughs> right. It's every at-bat matters and every pitch matters to right. me as a fan. So you, Yeah, so you see that standpoint of it. The other thing I'll say, too, with the last five minutes of basketball, the NBA, it's like, that's actually my least favorite part of the game. It's not natural. There's a thousand timeouts, TV timeouts. Yeah, that's very and true. And now they do instant replay. Yeah. And... That's what you know. Growing up, like, ma, there's two minutes left. He's like, all right, a half an hour from now, I'll come back. Yeah. But in the beginning of an NBA game, in the first three and a half quarters of a game, it doesn't. It's a natural flow. Yeah. There's a couple of timeouts, but it moves. You could watch eight, nine minutes in a row almost sometimes, mm-hmm. and it just it's it's awesome that back and forth, the fast mm-hmm. break, a steal. Sure. Um, and I mean, we haven't even talked about when we kind of did with Spud Webb. It's the greatest thing in all of sports is a slam dunk. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. Sure. So, how about watching that slam dunk live and in the moment, or catching it on the sports? Yeah. The top 10? Sure. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? Like yeah. everyone going nuts. I mean, I over. feel the same way about if somebody hits a grand slam. Right. Like when I, if I, because I listen to Braves radio a right. lot too. They're in a Johnson Radio Network. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, I listen to it a lot too, and even just like hearing a grand slam will make me just like I'm getting chills thinking yeah. about it but what's the comparison though you were watching that stuff when you were in the equivalent of my age when mm-hmm. I got into basketball like so you were absorb absorbing it mm-hmm. and looking at the beauty of it mm-hmm. and I think so and because we, we didn't have the technology mm-hmm. to make us watch a YouTube clip yeah or on your phone that's really stuff true like that so yeah. no all all we are prepared to watch as fans, even a lot of us who grew up this other way, obsessed with it, Our we're programmed highlights. only to know the highlights and the last five minutes of everything. Anything. Yeah, that's really interesting. Think about, I mean, this is like crass or whatever, but mm-hmm. even think about if you hear how like someone hooked up with somebody, like, oh yeah, like, we made out, like, I don't want to hear about that. Like, did you did bang it, her? Did it happen? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Everyone's obsessed with the very last part hmm. of it, but when the buildup is the best thing. Yeah. Like playing the game, the flirting, yeah. like no, first you're kissing, so right. everything, yeah. like rounding the bases. Uh-huh. Like that stuff has so much more value and that's the stuff you remember more than the actual final act usually. That's awesome. That's what usually. it is. Yeah, yeah no, that's <laughs> so true though. Right. Well, eventually, yeah, John Paxson can hit a game rooting three with no time left and the Bulls win three championships in a row uh, and you seal the deal and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> The end of a game's analogy. five minutes of uh, an awkwardness and stops and goes. And just Man, like, it's that's the same such a thing. good analogy. Oh, I love that. If we train ourselves just to look at both those type of things going through the beauty of the, of the build-up, mm-hmm. then I think we'll all enjoy it more. That's awesome. That's fucking poetic. Um, and I think <laughs> it kind of leads into the only thing that I would have left to ask. I mean, you basically just answered it, but how, you know, obviously the NBA and your love of it affects your life in the way that you just follow it, you know. It affects my entire life as a whole. Um, I mean, as far as just the way I plan, like, my like my year, if it kind of mm-hmm. goes around it, mm-hmm. like, um, my favorite, people think I'm crazy when I say is my favorite time of the year is the winter. Mm-hmm. I love, I hate the summer. I just don't like it because <laughs> there's no basketball. <laughs> I feel the same <laughs> yeah. way, man. Yeah. Uh, when October rolls around, I'm waiting for April. Yeah. You know, because of the You just can't baseball wait. Yeah, because you just, your body knows how to react. Your brain finally clicks. The only thing that helps me get from October to April is college football. Right. 
Right, yeah, you got that going for you. Yeah, but, but then January to April is dark times. Right. Dark times. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing in the summer at all. I mean, I'm a baseball fan, but I mean, I'm a Cubs fan, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. my summers yeah. usually aren't very enjoyable. But no, it's the one thing where um, I just love, I can read anything about basketball, the mm-hmm. NBA. It's the one thing I know if anything happens, like from a family standpoint, like I know like if I get a text from my brother... Nine times out of ten, it's gonna be about the NBA. Braves, so, right? Yeah. So it's like you know anything about a rumor or not, oh, I talk about. I mean, nothing gets me more excited than an NBA trade rumor. Uh-huh. Like, are you kidding me? Like uh-huh. what? Because I mean, it's the they are the originators of blockbuster deals. Uh-huh. Think of other sports; they don't really trade that much. They uh-huh. really don't. And the NFL barely does. It's a yeah, free agent the draft. NFL's barely yeah very baseball. Rare. It's all about people you've never heard of. It's all prospects. Yeah, hockey. Eh, yeah, kind of, sort of. But the NBA, you are guaranteed at least once a year a blockbuster deal that will change everything, and that gets you so excited about so many different scenarios. Mm-hmm. I also think when one player gets traded in the NBA, it makes a much bigger difference to the team than if one player gets traded in, say, the MLB. Right. Like unless, and you know, NFL. If, unless you're talking about like a quarterback, it's mm-hmm. similar there as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes back to my draft analogy. I mean, you could have uh, one player could change your entire season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be the worst team in the league and then draft like a LeBron and just be like a perennial favorite for like the next decade. Mm-hmm. Like that's how quickly it can happen. Mm-hmm. And that's why the draft is the greatest night because I mean, you you just don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when they got Jordan in the, with the third pick in '84, I mean, you knew he was good, but you didn't know it was going to be like that. Like he changed the world. Didn't the draft? So the this year's draft just happened. This year's draft was just a couple of days ago and it was a real crapshoot there wasn't like a, a set like number did, one i didn't two, really hear yeah. too much about it i think that's why i asked because i wanted to see what yeah cleveland to took a guy this guy bennett um from like canada from, uh, yeah well from unlv but he's the first canadian to go first wow and he's like out of shape he has a shoulder injury their coach mike brown like his kid goes to unlv so he knows oh, the kids there's all those kind of like weird. collusion like these that's rumors really weird. yeah there really wasn't, like, a stud that came out of it. Didn't Mike Brown leave and come back to the team? Yeah, they fired him, and then yeah. they brought him back. They should have never fired him in the first place. But, um, yeah, just, uh, the, it's 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 the one sport that uh, affects every aspect of my life as far as everything. Like, uh, Do you my, think there are any, like, deep, or sorry to interrupt you, no, no. do you think there are any, like, ideal-wise type things that affect you? Not just, like, literal effects on your life as far as schedule and, like, what time of year you like, but... Um, are you talking just like, just has anything affected the way like I live as far as like, like, what do you mean? Um, I mean, I think, like I said, I think you kind of answered it, uh, inadvertently when you're kind of talking about like chewing your food, like yeah. appreciating the, the buildup and yeah, no, the moments. I totally look at it that way. Um, I look at it also the way I live my life, even from like, um, from like an, an improv standpoint mm-hmm. too, especially is like I was having this great talk with um, Brett Doherty. I don't know if you know him. He's on Moses. Yes. Older gentleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's more of that 80s generation. <laughs> we have great basketball talks. Yeah. Um, we, um, when we, when the, uh, my team did. Oh, the, this fake American this life. Fake American you guys life. were both yeah. there. Yeah. And we were talking about um, the five B shows and he was asking me how I was going through And I had a very up and down experience with that, mm-hmm. but I only started going into the positive light when we had, after this talk we had, and it was cool. NBA related because oh, cool. it was the idea of, Knowing when to shoot, knowing when to pass, 
knowing when you have to like let the star be the star and then support mm-hmm. and it just all came back to basketball that's that's exact that's right. a great answer and it just yeah because sometimes you know when you have to come in and not only slam dunk it but call for the alley-oop and do the 360 and just like go for the crazy laugh but mm-hmm. also like you know, and you just got to kind of dribble it out, run mm-hmm. the offense, you know. That's a great answer. Sometimes you play defense, and it just clicked. And I had a much better experience with those shows after that talk. That's great. So the NBA kind of... that, And everyone should read uh, Phil Jackson's book, Sacred Hoops. I know Sacred it's like a Hoops. running joke. Like, uh, I Heart Huckabees did a joke about it. Like, oh, really? Like, I have no philosophy. I've read Sacred Hoops. Oh, that's But funny. that book is insane. Like, it will get you in that zen thought cool. process of just knowing how to just be a better person and uh-huh. how to just... Because that's why Phil Jackson was such a great coach, because he managed so many personalities. Uh-huh. And if anyone's done comedy or anything like that, or even, you know, worked in this yeah, world, like so sure. many different types of that's people. In, uh, uh, invaluable. Yeah. Um, the, I like, my sports analogy um, to, is, uh, especially with Reagan Reagan, is um, bump, set, spike. Yeah. Like, I can, I love watching um, an idea or a character mm-hmm. or something. It's my favorite thing when three different people do it. Yeah. You know, when somebody bumps it and yeah. someone else just like <laughs> sets it up and then you just get to see someone else fucking crush it over the net. Right. That, that makes my heart just <laughs> so happy. Um, that's y- awesome. Yeah. So that, I, that would be my, like, that would be my analogy, yeah. my sports analogy for your, Sometimes you have to let other people, you know, dunk it. What you know, you you know, versus a layup. Yeah, I like mean, you, it's just picking the right play, and it's just calling your shot, and you mm-hmm. know. And then some people, like in basketball, they're going to be on fire, mm-hmm. and you just got to let them be on fire. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. Yeah, and you got you know, basketball roster is about you know, uh, thirteen, fourteen deep or whatever, and most big teams are like you know, ten, eleven, twelve. So it's kind of like the same thing. Like mm-hmm. everyone's going to have a part to play. And everyone knows, like, in a specific team, sometimes some people are going to be like that Jordan. Mm-hmm. You just gotta, it's cool. You know, mm-hmm. back them up. Um, yeah, so it, the NBA and basketball just covers kind of my entire life as far yeah. as that goes. I think I, it, it always comes, comes back to that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No, well, then I'm definitely glad that you talked about NBA. Yeah. Um, well, we are reaching the 50-minute mark, so I should probably wrap it up. Yeah, I, this went by really, really <laughs> fast. <laughs> it was great. Um, so, uh, is, uh, is, is, Ira, is Ira here? <laughs> yeah, I, yes. Um, <laughs> think, about, think about NBA. Isn't so much the, the players in it, or the ball, or the, or the fans, or, or the jerseys that they wear? It's, it's really about the camaraderie, and, and the people together, <laughs> hugging it out, drinking champagne, celebrating championships. <laughs> It's 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 America. <laughs> it is it is a game played with a ball that is orange. That alone should impress you. <laughs> and it, it, it's played with with young people, old people, and, and everyone just 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 loves throwing it around and and just slam dunking the basketball. That is that perfect. doesn't make any sense. No, it was, was amazing. That, that was Ira's uh, general. He just left. He just ran oh out of the room. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It's been probably because I tried to ask him how old he was. Yeah, <laughs> no, he just ran out. He, he didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Can I have my change from that twenty hour? <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, that was Ira loves basketball. Too. Great. Yeah. Um. Well, the way that I end every podcast is that uh, I say to my guest. I love you and I mean that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right back at you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Slam dunk. Flame and red, flame and red.